If you should ask, Bobby Wagner had 13 tackles and one tackle for loss in that. But mine's a Roman candle mine. Uh, but I'll say one of my criteria, everyone asks, how did you guys uh, operationalize dive bombing? We don't really hang out places You'd where people from Arlington are, so. If you it's amazing. Hey, I, I'm happy when these predictions come true, though. You can, so you can gloat all you want about it. Welcome to DC Seahawk Fan After a week eight, 24 to 20 win against the Cleveland Browns. The Seahawks are now five and two and are leading the NFC West by a half game over the San Francisco 40 Winers. Yeah. Well, thank you, Marin. Welcome to our listeners, you know, all 10 of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling good. I'm feeling happy, you know, uh, like we like we talked about last week. Uh, you know, there's nothing like a win to you know, to make you feel good about, about being a, a 12. And uh, I think I shared with you last night too, that I, I, I like wins too, because then I can, you know, watch all the ESPN shows on Monday and, uh, you know, comfortably watch Monday, the Monday night game and see all the little, re- see all the recaps of our wins. So mm-hmm. it's a good start to the week. Cause if not, I usually avoid all of that <laughs> until I'm ready to re-engage later toward the week. Yeah, I think I'm feeling the same, uh, relieved with the win, especially after uh, several hours of pretty ugly football <laughs> uh, to, to finally come from behind and win in the fourth quarter like that and put together a drive after kind of stalling. The same type of momentum that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks happened again, where yes. the first couple of drives, they look coordinated, everyone's clicking, and then the offense just really stalls. And then the defense, yeah. you know, over the course of the game tightened up and, you know, yeah. didn't, didn't give up any touchdowns in the second half yet again. The last time they did, they did give up a touchdown in the second half was in week three. Mm-hmm. So I think that that maybe is a good jumping in point uh, for Doc diagnosing the defense. You want to jump right in and talk about how you feel about the defense yesterday? Yeah, it's it's funny because I, before the game, I think we were talking about, you know, that we're looking forward to, I, I was talking about this with the commander that was looking forward to the outcome of this game because because it wasn't a bad team that we were playing. So whatever was going to happen, we were actually going to know this team better. And, and that definitely is the case somewhat for the defense. But, you know, I, I think the the strength of Cleveland's team is their defense. So um, I, you know, again, really good to see the defense have a good performance. Giving up only 20 points is, is obviously a, a solid performance. I mean, giving up 385 yards is worrisome, you know, again, to a backup quarterback and to an offense that was that, was pretty simplified because of their their backup quarterback. So, so a little concerning, you know. I, I'm not I, I'm not completely, um, you know, convinced that that again this is the the dominant defense that we're hoping it to be. But you know, more data that we have after this game, even you know, despite all of that. So I think mm-hmm. you know the real test for this defense is going to be this next game, right? Baltimore. So there, you know, we're, it's going to be a clash, right. Of a, of a legit offense with a 
elite quarterback, you know, really strong running game, passing game, everything. So, so we'll see. I think we're, I'm going to feel like we have, we're going to have a lot more information about the defense after next week's game. Uh, I don't have a, an awardee for, for a master's degree this week or a, 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 uh, positive, you know, thesis defense this week. I, again, not, not because there weren't some good performances, but I think, I think, you, you know, I think you think of the, the key to the city in the same way. It, uh, maybe you do. I mean, for me, I think it's gotta be a really standout individual performance. I think for, for me to, to, you know, give out this, the, the, the defensive award again, like the, the defense played well. So of course, you know, with Adams, with that huge, huge um, head, 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 you know, head, head kick to the football. <laughs> to, hey, use your you brains. Know. Use your brains. So, so yeah, and I, and in particular, I've been, I've been thinking about Adams in recent weeks, and that uh, he's been really quiet, and and you know that I've, I've had a little bit of a growing concern that we we need he needs to be a playmaker, right? We 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 paid him a lot of money. We we uh, gave away a lot of resources for him not to be an average strong safety. You know, we we expect him to be a star, an elite uh, playmaker, basically on that defense. So glad to see that uh, from him in this game. They were killing us with those screenplays, so we gotta we have to tighten that up. Uh, we did have some really big news today that we uh, went out and. Got Leonard Williams from the Giants. That's super exciting. And, you know, hopefully, wow, that's that's uh, maybe going to shore up some of those things. They were running on us, too. And and again, right, this we were thinking that this was we we're going to that this defense was that's your specialty was was uh, stopping the run. But I think if there was if there is an area on the defense that's a little bit shallow and thin, it is the the defensive linemen. So, um, you know, adding Williams to to complement Draymond Jones and also give Jaron Reed uh, a breather <laughs> once in a while because he's been playing out of his mind uh, is, is just is is really freaking exciting. And, and it feels like, wow, that's a that's a big move and feeling like, you know, the the franchise is saying like, yeah, we want to we want to make a we want to make a run this year. So. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the defense play you know, for the next game and, and getting a really good assessment of, of uh, whether this defense is, is, is as, as elite as we're hoping it, it, it is. Bobby Wagner had 13 tackles and one tackle for loss in that. Jordan Brooks had 10 tackles and, and, and a sack. Um, Diggs, who I feel like we never talk about, maybe for good reason, had nine tackles, five of those solo. Um, yeah. Jamal Adams, who I agree has been kind of quiet, had eight tackles. And uh, Boyamafe, who I increasingly love, um, had eight tackles and four quarterback hits. That that's is amazing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I think they deserve shout outs. And then the the corners were really quiet, you know. Yeah. Um, and I thought yeah. maybe you could put uh, Reek Woolen back in the in the doghouse again. Um a terrible penalty that kept a drive yeah. alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was brutal. And, and, um, and he got his first pick though. was really quiet too. So, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, definitely um, some good performances to to be able to you know again hold them to twenty points. It's it's it's. Uh, and the thing we were talking about during the during the game is that our you know we've been talking about how our run defense is really good, mm-hmm. and, and how maybe that's a smoke and mirrors, and maybe we just right. haven't been able to hang against a good running team. Yeah, and Kareem Hunt and uh-huh. PJ Walker were making us look. Yeah, us on the running game a lot. Yeah. And they're definitely able to run on us, and even a bunch of those little dump off plays. You know, they were four and two, but I think they're kind of a fraud four and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because they, they they have really good offensive line and they have a really good defensive line, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um. So you know they're a solid team, but not a complete team. You right. know, so it's got yeah, like you said earlier, it's kind of hard to evaluate yourself off of a team like that and having to come from behind to win when we should we, if we just played a clean game and hadn't turned the ball yeah. over um that would um that wouldn't have been a close game so yeah it was, it was fun watching with you and um we was it's pretty miserable there in the in the middle but towards the end we were we were jumping up and down i thought uh Sully's upstairs might mm-hmm. might finally cave in it's definitely <laughs> going. um okay well do you have anything else on the on the defense you want to talk about no, no, we can uh, move to the DC outpost update. Okay, well, I, I did, I did want to talk about um, Deshaun Watson, who is a Brown, but but of course he didn't play. Um, but I think you know we're two guys on a podcast, so I think we should still just mention that um, you know someone that has been accused of sexual assault by twenty six, at least twenty six different different women, um, doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. Uh, doesn't deserve to have make millions of dollars to play a game. Doesn't deserve for anyone to root for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's that says a lot about this league and says a lot about the Cleveland Brown organization that they gave him a huge yeah. contract after all of that. Um, and I'm glad he's not playing right now. Um, they haven't really said why that is. He's been cleared by the doctors, but they still haven't been playing him. So that raises some questions about whether something else happened. Um, and you know, if, if that's the case, then, then that's now it's a cover up. Um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, we should, we should be out very out in front of that saying we, you know, we, we have to condemn that. And I think every NFL fan needs to be condemning that. Mm -hmm. I was advocating for my fantasy league and our friend, Jamie, that brought me into that league. will Mm -hmm. tell you about this. I was advocating to, you know, bar him from, Mm -hmm. from the, the fantasy league and, in my mm-hmm. other fantasy league, we actually did bar him. So you're not mm-hmm. allowed to draft Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. He doesn't belong in our fantasy. He doesn't belong in our in our mm-hmm. actual game. Um, and I know you're a supporter of Come this on. because me and you um, back in the day started a started a in 2018 started a a little group here in in DC. So this is related to the DC outpost. Is we started a little group, um, guys against toxic masculinity, and um, we met at dive bars every every week for for almost a year around dc and um came up with a fun game while we were doing that and and guys talking about their feelings um we also were you know uh testing out all the different dive bars around dc so i thought it'd be fun to to rehash some of those um old debates and conversations about dive bars in dc which we all love and um can you uh remind us what your what your top three dive bars were. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to talk about, about our 
guys against toxic masculinity died bar night. I think uh, it was a good experience. And like you said, uh, it, it was to serve two purposes. We wanted to explore all of the, the cool historic dive bars in DC, but also as cishet men, we talked a lot about how we can be better allies for, for, for women and how we can uh, uproot and, and kind of dismantle our internalized uh, patriarchy and sexism. So, so yeah, but in terms of the specific bars, we all uh, knew that by the end of exploring all these bars, we we're going to rank them for ourselves individually, our, our top three. And, and ironically, or not surprisingly, we all had the same top diet bar, the, the historic and amazing Raven up in Mount Pleasant. We all, we all had that as number one. Uh, we all had a, a, a few different second and, and third rankings. For me, it was Showtime was my second dive bar. Uh, Showtime is is just a great classic crappy <laughs> bar. Shout out, Shout out not to far from me in Northeast. Boys. Yeah, not far from me in Northeast. I just really like it's an it's an old bar. It just it uh, just got all of the important criteria for me. And, and my third one was the pug on H Street. I really like that as well. Yeah, I don't think it has the the same or like longest history as some of these other bars, but you know, I know we appreciate the pug as it there's definitely always locals in in the pug. We've had some interesting conversations there, but uh but I'll say one of my criteria everyone asks, how did you guys uh, operationalized dive bars. And I always, you know, so I get a kick out of answering that question because I say, well, you know, honestly, we we all had different criteria or pri priorities, basically, or requirements for dive bars. For me, a central one was that uh, a dive bar to me shouldn't have a, a, a sort of a big kind of food production situation going on, like a, a full kitchen, you know, steaks coming out the back. Uh, that's, that's too much, you know, <laughs> too much activity going on for me. To me, a dive bar... Uh, I, I always picture uh, Moe's Mo's bar in, in the Simpsons uh, <laughs> cartoons. Uh, that, you know, that's a it's a bar uh, where drinks and beers are served, and you know, people uh, talk or don't talk. But but that's really what what what's uh, the primary thing. And and so you know, some of these dive bars, of course, some you know they can have hop, uh, popcorn or <laughs> hot dogs, but. But yeah, that, that was a primary criteria for me. And that that's uh, that's the that's sort of the defining thing for the for my top three. None, none of those three um, dive bars have have that kind of situation situation going on. So, um, yeah. So. And I like the way we defined it back then of having like there's maybe 10 different types of criteria that a dive bar that defines a dive bar, you know, being small, sticky floors, old, has yeah. locals if it's cash only no or little food you know all of these things kind of make a dive bar you don't necessarily have to have all of them but mm -hmm. like you said we, we kind of prioritize different things in our in yeah. our list or what our favorites were I, I back then i was prioritizing the age of the place um mm -hmm. i found some of these you know historical old bars tune in deserves a shout out and post pub um mm -hmm. which are again both you know to your point kind of serve serve food mm -hmm. but um, definitely places that have a long, long history when, you know, presidents used to sneak away from their security details and go sit at the bar. I think they deserve a shout out for being yeah. a dive bar. Um, and I, and if I did it again today, I think I would have a different list. Um, and some of these places are newer, but I think deserve a shout out. And, mm -hmm. um, of course, Ollie's, uh, our home and, and they have a relationship with the pug. So, the, um, there's a, there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Neptune Room, which is a new place, but by the same owners as Showtime. So there's a connection cool. there. And then back in the day, we didn't include Red Derby because we thought Red Derby was too big yeah. and has a rooftop and serves food and was too popular. There's just people getting out of Ubers and stuff to mm-hmm. go there from, from Arlington and stuff. And we don't really yeah. hang out in places where people from Arlington are. So <laughs> um, there's a little dig for you. Yeah. Um, and then Do Drop um, over by you and in, in Northeast, I think deserves a shout out. What a what a place. Um, also pretty big, but uh, deserves a place. But we didn't give Red Derby a, a shout out. We felt like the locals were actually hanging out next door anyways. Um, but during the week downstairs at Red Derby, it definitely felt like a, a dive bar back in the day. And of course, that place is you know pretty old. And back in the 90s and stuff, I think mm-hmm. it was more of a dive bar. But those bartenders all left back from, from the day mm-hmm. when I first moved to 16th Street. Um, our, our bartenders moved, left and uh, came up to my current neighborhood, um, Brightwood Park, and, and opened a, a new place, Jackie Lee's. And uh, Jackie Lee's is, you know, not only my local bar, it's also, I think, a, a definite dive bar in an old club um, on Kennedy Street uh, near Fort Totten. So I think that um, that that ne- that deserves a shout out. And if I redid the list, I think mm-hmm. uh, I would I would reconsider how I did it. But maybe, maybe we yeah. should bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Jackie Lee's uh, as well, and uh, and and envious that that's uh, that that gets to be your neighborhood bar. But yeah, I can walk to Dewdrop Drop too, so uh, there's that's there's a lot of good spots <laughs> around the city. So. Yeah, yeah, I love the bars you can walk home from. Yeah. All right. Well, Mayor, are you ready to to share out your strategic strategic vision for the offense? And do you have a key to the city to award this week? I do not. And I am ready to talk about the strategic vision for this offense, which is, this is a weird matchup game for our offense or an odd matchup for our offense in that our offensive line, we were, had some concerns about, especially after last week. Yeah. Um, and they played well. And the Browns uh, front seven, they say is like one of the top in the league. Yes. So I think what they, what Seattle did, which maybe was smart, but kind of backfired on them a little bit there mm-hmm. was they tried to do a lot of real quick hit plays. They were telling mm-hmm. and had clear. And even Pete Carroll talked about this today mm-hmm. is they had a strategy to have Gino get rid of the ball as fast as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Two seconds or less type type plays and throws. Um, thinking that that would, you know, the pocket, not trusting the pocket to hold mm-hmm. for him. He, he doesn't have enough time to step up into the pocket and to be comfortable. And maybe that's been causing some of the problems in the past. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he threw <laughs> through that that one pick that was mm-hmm. uh, uh, really rough. Um, so more turnovers and maybe for different reasons than previous ones, but still very concerning. And, and I guess that's why I don't have... Um, I don't have, you know, anyone to really reward this week. I, I, I already said I'm not going to give out uh, keys to the cities to people that have already won um, the key to the city. So, so, yeah. um, you know, Tyler Lockett, of course, leading all receivers yes. again. Yeah. Um, and a touchdown. And yeah, you know, and and I think you know JSN getting in at the very end, um, but he didn't have a big game overall, and. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's a shout out for for that um, 
And of course we, we all love Bobo now. And I think we used our tight ends better. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I like seeing uh, Charbonnet back. Welcome back. Um, I thought we used him in the passing game pretty well. I thought he, he looked at, you know, explosive and he's a little kind of a different type. We're using him in different type of running plays. I think we even hit, hit him, like used him on a screenplay that worked for the first time yeah. ever for the Seahawks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the, the, the offense. I, I think the, the stalling in the middle is very concerning. You know, both of our losses, which is just kind of interesting, both mm. of our losses, we scored 13 points in. Mm. Um, and so, so 12 is our lucky number, 13, too mm. much, too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's our unlucky number. Um, so, you know, putting up, putting up 24 points today, even with the, with their turnover problems, you know, Gino throwing two picks in this game, um, very, con- very concerning. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I and don't so, remember, yeah. was it one or two others? Uh, Cause I was listening to some, some podcasts uh, today that, that there were also one, at least one or two that, that, that should have been picks too. That, and it reminded me I of, definitely remember one where the one, guy just dropped just, it, just um, dropped it. And it was like, it could have been a pick six basically. And I, I don't remember that one, but yeah, I mean, yeah. after the game, me and you talked about it, and it's like yeah. it, it's really hard to figure out what's going on. And I, I was thinking about it today, and it's like it does seem like it's not one problem. It's like from game to game, it's like a different situation. Um, the one game yeah. I felt like he, when he threw two picks, I felt like he was getting killed all game. Right. This right. game, he was protected really well. He wasn't yeah. getting killed, yeah. but but then and, but he was and, rushing it. He was definitely rushing passes, um, and it felt like he was just had already made up his mind where he was going to throw it and he just turned it through. Um, and he wasn't really reading the defense anymore. So yeah, that's, that's the risk of, of, you know, those quick hitting passes, you're not going through the progression. So, I mean, we've been wanting that. <laughs> that's, you know, right, it's trying to solve the first problem and it's just creating right. a different problem. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we have to, this offense has to be able to do those things. <laughs> I mean, it has to be, you know, be able to, 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 you know, have the longer plays, have the shorter plays, and uh, yeah, it it was nice that that to see at least um, you know some of some of those were were turned out better than than others, obviously. But um, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's I I think probably most folks are a little bit a little bit concerned, uh, you know, with this pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, of the of the of the picks, the turnovers, and and just are, are hoping or waiting for for Gina to kind of play a cleaner game, and uh, yeah, not have those those are those are backbreaking, like, like you know, like we were talking about during the game, the ones you know, of course, especially that that are taking points away, you know, that that's that's red zone ones, um, uh, just it's just, uh, but man, yeah, this team is pr- pretty resilient though, being, being able to come back and and hang in there and 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 just uh you know yeah i think Pete carroll deserves some of the shout out for the resiliency and also the patience like yeah our offense is just you know three and out three and out and you know five punts on the day and then with five minutes left you know another really rough you know a couple penalties that gave them a score to put them up by three and then um, and a couple penalties to kill our drive in response, five minutes left and choosing to, you know, punt, punt for it there. And, you know, honestly, I think we got lucky in this game because the Browns were up 
with a couple minutes left and then they started yeah. throwing the ball. Why were they throwing absolutely, the ball? Absolutely, absolutely. Honestly, they were killing us on the ground. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And the game would have been over. Like, yeah, they they, uh, they could have ground it out. Yeah, it was like so third and three for that, that pick, you know, the third and three. They could have gotten that, <laughs> but they decided to throw it. That's ridiculous. And then throw no, a pick. We, that was, yeah. yeah. So I think Pete, Pete Carroll, you know, yet again, outcoached the opponent, um, mm. the opponent's coach and, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, it's PJ Walker. Why would you ever put him in a I, uh, throwing position there? That's ridiculous. Um, you already gave out the the key to the city to to Andy Dickerson, though. But man, that guy—he's like the MVP uh, of the team so far. I mean, I was I was listening again to to excuse me some folks uh, earlier that look at San Fran. They they you know they lose their one right tackle and their freaking offense falls apart. We we haven't had all of our starters, you know, since game one, uh, but and shifting around rookies. We now have this 50-year-old uh dude that was on his couch uh, <laughs> playing in there, Jason Peters. Yeah, he's he played well. He's, he's 41, he well. but um and then Cross deserves a shout out too. I feel like I already gave a key to the city to the offensive line. So I feel like um you know, I didn't, I don't want to do that again, but I did see a lot of praise, you know, so, you know, with them um, keeping, keeping the pocket relatively clean and only giving up one sack on the day, I think. That's amazing. Yeah. And like you said, against one of the top uh, defensive lines in the whole league. So yeah, that was, that was very impressive. Yep. Yep. And then uh, next week I'm not, not optimistic at all. And I, and I saw where, you know, underdogs, mm-hmm um underdogs yet again five and a half point underdogs right now mm. um and uh we're all going to be there looking yeah. forward to that. we got some people flying in we're going up me and you are both going up on saturday I'm gonna gonna enjoy the city a little bit i do love baltimore um but i'm very scared of their football team mm-hmm. um and then yeah. you know after, after that we got the the commanders at home and then we're at the Rams for a little revenge game there. And it looks like they're starting to come back to come back to earth a little bit though. They started off playing really well the year. Um, And then we have the 49ers who have just lost three games in a row, uh, giving up the lead to us. Brock Purdy looks broken. I want to say I predicted it. Uh, (laughs) I know it annoys you when I gloat. It's amazing. Uh, hey, I've, yeah, I'm I've happy when these predictions come true, though. You can so you can gloat all you want about it. That was a that was a pretty hot take at the time, and uh, and I think we're well, probably most uh, Seahawks fans are freaking shocked right now that we're leading the division. So uh, so it's pretty exciting. Yep, and um, you know since that week one Rams loss, you know we've lost one game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've played some teams that are definitely going to be in the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Lions continue to look better and better, and mm-hmm. the NFC's weak. I mean, some. I mean, the Rams yes. might make the playoff, and not them. Like I heard, you know, some analysts saying that the Giants could still make the playoffs. Wow, there's teams wow. in there that are yes. still kind of in that hunt for that seven seed. Yeah, I can get in there with eight wins or something. Yeah, um, so that's pretty interesting, and I think we do. You know the schedule looks really tough, but if if San Francisco drops off, you know that's San Francisco in three weeks. Um, yeah. So again, if we can just get one of those, watch out. <laughs> they they lost the Browns, by the way. We just beat the Browns. Yes. That's a tiebreaker. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I. 
I have to pinch myself. It's, it's it doesn't seem real, but uh, but it's 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 been a fun season. So uh, and we got a lot more games to go. So looking last forward week, to it. last week. You were making fun of me for talking about the Super Bowl, and here I am again. <laughs> well, I, I totally agree with you. I think everyone's looking at the NFC. It's totally up for grabs. I mean, it's you know, um, Eagles are still looking good, but that's yeah, it. seven and one. Um, okay, well, with that, I want to say it's been uh, 15 years and four months as of uh, this week that the Seattle Supersonics were stolen from Seattle. Um, there are some reports of expansion teams coming, and and I think we should talk about that or mention that. Um, you know, talks of Vegas and Seattle, yeah, both getting teams after the next media deal, which is the current media deal is up after the 2025 season. So it might be 2026 that they would actually get a team. And then I don't know if it takes a year to get that off the ground. We might be 2027. Wow. I just want to say until that day happens, when there's another team uh, back in Seattle, and which would still be called the Supersonics because the city maintained that 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 logo. Um, the Supersonics, until they're back, I'm going to, on this podcast every single time, I'm going to say, bring back the Sonics. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So much love to the DC 12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. And I want to say thank you to Fuja for actually coming to the right bar this time. I want to apologize to Fuja that we won't be there next week. And I want to thank you, Doc, for buying me Thai food after the win yesterday to celebrate. That was really nice of you. Thank you very much. If you only knew.